Okay, here we go in the Dome Podcast coming at ya. Coming at ya on this September the 10th. 10th of September. Remember, remember the 10th of September, the day that Brad Tree Living did nothing at all. <laughs> That's some Dr. Seuss shit. <laughs> I wish I could rhyme that, but I Remember, know. remember the 10th of September when Brad Tree Living. Fuck, I shit. I don't know. What rhymes with September? November, December, remember. Other than remember, member, member. I don't fucking know. Great start. Great start. Okay, so today we've been doing these player profiles. The last, the last one we did, we changed it up a bit. We did Dylan Dubé. We combined them plus Andrew Mangiapane combination, and it was kind of cool because you could see a little bit of a comparison going on. Sure could. So we thought for today, we do something similar and focus on the top three prospect defensemen. And they're still considered prospects, I think. Yeah. Especially me, Valimaki and Shillington. I was gonna Sorry, say, I blew the punch. I blew I blew the suspense. God damn it. I was going to say maybe Rasmus Anderson's not. So yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Valimaki so, and Shillington would still be considered prospects. Valimaki but even sure. then, I don't even think they're fully considered prospects anymore. I think Valimaki is because how many games has he played total? Like, he played like 24 games. So. And if you look at, I mean, the Athletic released a rating of all the farm systems across the league. The Flames came in last place. Dead last, which I kind of agree with, but it's also kind of like, okay, but we just, like, who have we graduated? It's a time thing. Yeah. Basically, you had, if you did this thing, what, a year or two ago. You'd still have Monge, Dubé, Valimaki. Yeah. Well, I think you still have them in there, don't you? Didn't they count them? Are they, Are they, they counting them in the prospects? I think they and did. And we're still dead last? I think so. That doesn't make any sense. That's kind of disappointing. I don't know. If you've, I'll have to go check it out or something. But I think they did count them in there. They at least counted Valimaki anyways. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, we're, we're just kind of turning a page, essentially, with our farm system. And like yeah. we've been saying, we're pretty excited because... When was the last time you actually had more, like, we have five prospects. Yeah, and I know. And I know we've said this a million times, but again, we are from an era where we never had prospects, never have had prospects. So to see guys who not only come up and play, but multiple guys who can come up and play and make a difference is just, like, mind-boggling for us. And this is actually a point we'll be touching on today because we're going to see a theme across the board. All these guys were draft picks. That's why, and they are first Round draft picks and second round draft picks. And the reason why we've never seen such a phenomenon before is because we're always trading away draft picks. Hey, you want a draft pick? Give you draft pick, draft pick, draft pick. So, I mean, again, like I said this to you because, okay, Valimaki was a first round pick. Shillington and Anderson are second round picks. So, that's a first and two seconds by my math. Is that correct? I think that's correct. Sounds about right. I had to verify it. But what did we trade for Travis Hamannick? A first and two seconds. Would you ever in any world give up Yuso Valimaki, Rasmus Anderton, and Oliver Shillington for Travis Hamnick? Hell no. Hell no. I mean, that's a good way to put it. It's a great way to put it. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> so, and like, if you this comes back to the whole tree living thing. Yeah. Right? His strength, the only thing he seems to be good at is, okay, maybe. Well, maybe drafting me, as well, yeah. Let me take that back. Take it back. The, his his biggest strength across the board has been RFA signings. Now, we're still waiting to hear this Chucky see how the Chucky deal gets done, so we don't even know what that's going to look like. And Manjapani. But his def, his definitely his biggest weakness is trades. Well, this is when I've been super critical of pretty much every trade, if, as you know, if you've listened to this. But my number one problem is the volume of draft picks that he's traded away for virtually nothing. And then this is the proof. And here's like here's a. Total blaring example of it. Right now, there's contract stalemate between him and between Bradley Living and Andrew Majipani. It's said that Andrew Majipani is asking for a million dollars. Bradley Living told him eight hundred thousand dollars. There's two hundred thousand dollars difference. Yet, when you look at the Milan Lucic con- Lucic contract, we we did Evan to Oilers a complete and total favor. Yep. But we got nothing in return. Got no cap relief. Well, we got like barely any. So, so they they how much of that contract did they retain? Uh, Seven hundred fifty grand. 
Like you couldn't <laughs> or, negotiate. Or is it like seven, are seven, you, seven, are seven, you five. Telling me that, seven, seven, five, yeah. Are you telling me, me that if you're sending James Neal over. Right. And the upside possibility that he could play well with Connor McDavid. And be bought out. You can't get more than... You can't think two weeks in advance and say, okay, maybe I need an extra 200 k for Andrew Mangiapane's contract. Could you maybe retain 15% instead of 12 and a half? Like, come on, man. He, he seems to be a terrible negotiator with other GMs. Oh, it's so bad. Well, again, like, and again, I've made this point a hundred times with the trading draft picks thing, but it just, it boggles my mind the amount of draft picks he trades for virtually nothing. Because, like, if you look at what it got, if you look... Because I'll, I'll use the Mark Stone situation as an example because we were in on Mark Stone and he didn't want to part with Yuzo Valimaki. And rightly so, and rightly he should have. But if you look at what Ottawa got from Mark Stone, they got like pennies on the dollar. If you, again, drafting for me, having draft picks is about having a ton of assets. If you have that those assets, when a team comes along and is going to trade a superstar player for pennies on the dollar, you have enough in the bank to make it work. So that's where it also is frustrating. I don't know how I got on this Mark Stone thing again, but just a point of not trading away draft picks and prospects all the time for guys. Again, I like Travis Hamannick, but you don't trade a first and two seconds for Travis Hamannick. Now, you know, some people argue that, and I get, I get it, not every draft pick turns into an NHL player. No, barely any of them do. But that's the reason why you need so many. Exactly. It's a bullet in the chamber. What the what is a chamber? I don't even know what that means. The chamber is where the bullets are held in a gun. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Anyways, All right. negative start, but let's, uh, let's, let's deep dive let's into dive in. And before we do, I thought we should do something fun. Out of these three, you I know I like my I don't fun. Trust your fun. You know I like my fun. <laughs> Out of these three, who has had the worst personal tragedy in life? <laughs> let's see. Fun facts with Jordan. <laughs> All right. Who's your favorite out of these three? My favorite. And let me, you know what? Hold on. Before we do that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess yours, and you guess mine. Okay. Well, okay. My, okay. What are we doing? Just favorite player, or overall, or what? You're just your favorite. Okay. My favorite it's is kind of like your favorite. You want to, you want to guess first? Yeah, I'll guess yours. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't. I want to be contrarian now that I'm thinking about this. I didn't know you were gonna do this. Okay. I'll um, put you on the spot. Okay. Who's my? Fa- who, not who I think is gonna be the best. Not who I think is maybe the best put, player. Maybe this is a way to put it. If you were going to buy a jersey out of these oh, three. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's got to consider. No. Yeah. Okay. Go. Yes. You, you ready? Yeah. All right. I'm going to guess yours is Valimaki. No wrong. What? You're wrong. I hope that wasn't too loud. I clapped. Sorry. This is a knee clapper. I'm going to go with Rasmus, baby. That's your favorite? It's got to. If you're going to buy a jersey at number four. So is he your favorite? Ooh, yeah. I like Ras. But I think Valimaki will be a better player. Up top. Your favorite is Rass as well. My favorite is also Rass. Yeah, I think Valimaki has more upside, but I I, I mean, Rass, he was good last year. Well, that's what we're going to focus on today. Who's got more upside? You know, we've been doing this player profiles. Today, we're going to actually change it a bit and like basically compare the three across the board. So why don't we jump in? You want to go alphabetical? What do you want to do? Well, let's start with the first rounder. Okay, let's Let's start with Yuso. Valimaki, Yuso. He's last in my notes, so this is so, good. Left shot D-man, born October 6th, 1998. So he'll be 21 in October. It's crazy how young these motherfuckers are. Born in Finland, 6'2", 212. I got him. It just basically the synopsis of him. He's big and he's mobile. He's a big boy. He's a great skater. Moves the puck really well. Yeah. To me, that that's what I meant by mobile. Yeah. Both skates well, but also moves the puck well. Yeah. Drafted. Well, he's bigger than I thought, actually. Like 6'2". He's yeah, he's, he moves incredibly well. And again, not that 6'2 is huge, but I mean still. And this is why well, we always talk about this. Is size a factor when it comes to drafting? Yes, it is. It just checks another box. Because yeah. you look at his, like he's got a big frame. He's a big boy. And you know, if hey, if you're over the age of, I would say, 24, you realize that around that time, that age frame, your body starts to fill out and mature. And... Complete I'm still waiting. Complete its maturation process. So that frame will fill out. Okay. Rasmus Anderson. Um, He's a second round pick. Yeah, he was selected 53rd overall, where Shillington was 30. So we'll we'll do it in that order. We'll go with Rasmus Anderson next. Okay, I like that. The draft, the draft order. I yeah. got it. So right, a right shot D-man, which are a little bit more hard to come by, right? Seems that way. So he was born in Sweden. 
Uh, born October 27th, 1996. So he'll be 23 in October. Yeah. Height, 6'1". Weight, 214. So he weighs a little bit more than... He's a big so. boy. He's meaty. He's a big boy. He's got he, some meat on him. I remember he came to camp one summer and he was not in the particularly the, the fittest of shape. Well, just look at the size of that dome. He's a big boy. He is like... Yeah, he looks like he's from... He looks like a big Nordic Yeah. Beast. No, he does. You know what they say about guys with big heads, right? I don't know. Big helmets. Good one. <laughs> good one. <laughs> okay. So for him, quick synopsis, I said, good size. Yep. Fairly good mobility. No, he, he moves pretty well for a big guy. And again, he's not tall, but he's big. Yep. And I think this is his crown. I think he's smart. Yeah. Smart player. Well, okay. I think he kind of, not to always pin this on everybody, but I do sometimes question his decision-making in his own zone, but it uh, it's not as bad as somebody like Noah Hannafin or TJ Brody. So. Okay. Well, and you know what? i got to be honest. I'm always a little bit more biased on the offensive side of the game. Yeah. Um, and I probably shouldn't be, especially when we're ranking D-men. Yeah. But as far as thinking of the game offensively, offensively he, very, he's smart at that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's drafted second round in 2015. 53rd overall. 53rd. Next, Oliver Shillington. And this guy's this one's interesting because we basically just got to see him come onto the scene last year. Okay, so I watched his goal that he scored against the Predators yesterday. Snipey snipe. And if anybody's been listening or watching, you know I've kind of been bummed out about this whole contract situation. But I watched that goal and it got me fired up. Let's go, baby. Let's get this season going. Let's get the season Let's going. Go. Anyways. Oliver Shillington, yeah, so made his debut last year. I like coming in for relief the way he did. No, he was good. He didn't like he just jumped right into the NHL. Totally. No it's not like really no sign of struggle. He has incredible skating and his he's got great vision. Like he's a great he's got good hockey sense. Like for He's like your typical Swedish defenseman. Yeah, eh? right? What's with the Swedish defenseman? Why are they so good? I don't know. It's weird. The Swedes, like, they think the game a little bit differently, eh? Yeah, it's it's really true. They're very cerebral players. Ooh. Cerebral. Word eh? Word of the day. Yeah. All right. Left shot defenseman. Born May 19th, 1997. Not the youngest. Yusuf Valmaki is the youngest. But also born in Sweden. He was born in Stockholm. So he just turned 22. So we got a couple of Swedes and we got a Finn. So he's six feet tall, 183. He's kind of lightweight. Yeah, he's, a, he's a smaller, but I mean, again, he moves the puck so well. Like you don't, you wouldn't, it does, you don't even notice that he's small. He's just so good. Both yep. he's great at skating, moving the puck. He's got great vision. Yep. And I mean, he's got a pretty good shot too. Yep. So yeah. So my synopsis was quick, moves the puck well, speedy. Yeah, totally. I like liken him to a Cam Fowler. Cam Fowler, okay. I can't say that I have watched a lot of Cam Fowler in my life. Well, you you watched a lot of Cam Fowler when the Ducks beat us. It was I, the it, last it's twenty. Blocked, it's blocked last, my memory. The so last twenty three out of twenty five times it's you played repressed. them. Impressed. I never watched the Ducks. By the way, what the hell are the Ducks doing? If they trade Kase or Koss or have the fuck you say his name, that's a done deal, isn't it? What fault? It's not done, but it's reported. What are they doing? What are they doing? He's. What is, Carolina is like collecting every player who I they already have a bunch of guys I love and it's just like literally are they just mining my brain and building their team off of like my dream team Halla I love that guy um, they got Niederreiter last year Flame should have got him they got Halla yeah from oh. Vegas yeah they give up like nothing for him they got Dezingle who I'm meh whatever but he's okay who else did they get they got someone else but Jesus if they get him too huh. who did they get from or no they didn't get anybody from Vancouver Furlan went to Vancouver, but okay, man, they're good. So Shillington drafted 60th overall in 2015, round two. So, so both was, both Hughes in the same draft as uh, Rasmus. So Ras went 53rd, and Shillington went 60th. Again, the importance of having first and second round and, um, draft picks. Whose draft pick was that? Do you remember? What do you mean whose? Well, we acquired a second draft pick in the second round there. That was the 2015 year, so that was the year I think we traded... Yeah, this is a Dougie Hamilton year. So um, we traded our first, and I think we traded two seconds, didn't we? 
Because I know we didn't have a first, because that's the one that I always say, oh, if instead of trading Dougie Hamilton, you could have had, like, Matt Barzell or Aho or something. But I think one of them was, oh, one was from Vancouver, and then one was from Tampa Bay via New York and Arizona. So I don't even feel like going down that rabbit hole. That's yeah, a rabbit hole. But I think the Rasmus Anderson one was actually in, wasn't there, like, a Sven Berchi deal that year? Yeah, it says from Vancouver, so. Or there's a... Yeah, yeah, okay. So the Vancouver second-round pick went to... So we got Anderson as a result of the Sven Berchi trade. Ooh, I like that. Thanks, Sven. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Oh, Alrighty, Sven. That's that a boy. Thanks. the best thing he ever did for the organization. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Well, I think he kind of got a... I don't know. He had a hard time. All right. Let's quickly compare these guys as junior slash semi-pro You know players. what? Their junior stats were very... Not very surprising to me, but I'm surprised at how much they've scored. Right? Like... You're looking at Yusuf Valmaki in the WHL, so he played in Tri-City. Like, he was so good. Like, point per game. Yeah, first year... First year, 56 games played, he had 32 points. So not bad for a first-year pro. Or not pro, I guess, but junior. Um, and then the second year, he had 61 points in 60 games. 19 goals in the that's, WHL. That's like, straight up, that's forward level. Yeah, that's like that's good like, production. That's, that's solid product. That's point per game. Like a lot of yeah. forwards don't even get a point per I game. Know. And then his 30 and twenty year, goals. Yeah, third year in Tri City in the WHL, forty three games played, forty five points. He had fourteen goals in forty three games in the WHL as a defenseman. So like not bad at all for Yusuf Alamaki. And then I was also quite surprised that uh, Ras. I didn't know it. all these guys played in Canada. Like Rasmus and Barry. Um, Valamaki played, well, not in Canada, but in the WHL and the CHL. Like, well, it was and, just kind of surprising. And quick fun fact. <laughs> okay. Rasmus and Mangiapane played two years together. In yes, they both played in Barry together. There we go. We got the old Barry Colt. We're reuniting the team. So Ras, he came over from Sweden um, and, yeah, played two years in Barry. Like you said, 64, 67 games played, 64 points his first year. I never would have thought he had that many points in the OHL. So, yeah, point per game. Just the same production yeah. as Valamaki. Um, but yeah, lighten it up. And then yeah, his next year too in Barry in 2015-2016, 64 games played, 60 points. I don't know why I'm surprised these guys are in the NHL, but it's just I I, I didn't know they put up that many points. So all right, you compared to Oliver Sh- Shillington, it's a bit of a harder comparison because he didn't play over in Canada. Yeah, uh, for junior at least. Uh, but he played in a pro league, which is probably more. It is more difficult. Yeah, and then the fun fact on him. That, that pro league, that he's played as a 16-year-old. Crazy. He debuted as a 16-year-old. That's unreal. And you were looking it up. This, this, it's the SHL, the Swedish Hockey League. Yes, yeah, pro league in Sweden. But you're looking it up. It's the highest division in Swedish hockey. Yep. So as a 16-year-old. That's crazy, hey? 16 years old. And then he was drafted in, what, 2015? And then he, he went pro in 2015, 2016 with the Heat. Um, played 47 games. I And again, it's kind of weird. Like, these guys have been around a little while, right? Like, I didn't... I. For some reason, I didn't feel like Shillington has been around since 2015, 2016, but he's been in Stockton for like four years. So he's been he's been down there cooking. He should be ready to go this year as a full-time yeah. NHL. He basically played three years full in Stockton. Yeah, almost. Yeah, three years. And his fourth year was last year, which was just partial. Yeah, so he, he, had, he had pretty okay numbers down in Stockton. I mean, um, his first season, 47 games played, 12 points. Second season, 60 games played. He had 27 points. 62 games played the year after that, 35 points. Yeah. And then last year, he played 18. But even if there. you look at his numbers from the Swedish league, I mean, he was coming in, like, the thing is, he's young. Oh, yeah. I mean, so he's not putting up huge numbers in any other league. So we'll see if that translates. He might not be a big point producer in the NHL. Yeah. Well, I think he could be possibly given the opportunity. Again, I'm really curious to see how Peters uh, utilizes Anderson and Shillington this year without Valamaki there. Because I'm curious to see if... Because I would really love to see one or both of those guys get some chances on the power play, on power play two. Yeah. I think they'd be great options there. So he could definitely get some... Because, I mean, he's a great passer. He's got a decent shot. He's got good vision. He could be an asset on the power play possibly. So I'm really curious. He could put up some points there. I mean, the defensive, how the defensive pairings break down is, is going to be interesting as well. Really interesting. So just. Because it looks like the three solid positions is Geo on the first unit, yeah. and then Hammer and Hannafin on, Hanna on the second unit. Yeah. And then, but everybody else is kind of up for grabs. Like, who's going to take that spot? I like Rass there. Yeah, I, I don't mind him there. I'm, I'm not as sold as everybody else is because I just think that, um, I just think Brody is good with Geo. And I do like, I don't know. 
I just Rasmus has played more sheltered minutes, so again, I think he can do it. I just haven't seen him do it just yet. Um, so I think to start the season, I would slot him in with with Shillington. So you just go same as last year, and then the the bottom pairing is Rasmus and Shillington. They played how many minutes? They played the majority of last season together. They played three hundred and seven five on five minutes together last year, um, and then they kind of split their time between Valimaki for Shillington and then. Uh, Rasmus spent some time with Gio too, but I'm really curious because I could see I could really see Anderson taking that top spot. Um, I don't know about Shillington. He's probably he's probably good on, on the third pairing there. So yeah, I don't. I think out of all that question mark, Shillington definitely belongs on the third pairing. Yeah. The only reason why I wouldn't say um, Brody may like the only reason why I'd say maybe he doesn't play in the third pairing is because like you said, he's put up decent numbers with Giordano in his career. Yeah. So I mean, for him, that's a good pairing. But I don't know. I prefer I I very much preferred watching Gio and Ras together, and I very much preferred seeing less of TJ Brody last year. And so, but that's the other thing too, right? If you have Yusuf Alamaki coming back, who knows what his reintegration of the NHL will be? I bet you we won't even. I wouldn't be surprised if they play him in in, in Stockton for the first 20, 25 games back. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, depending on when he comes back, too, because like, what if he's out all year? Are you is he really going to be ready for the playoffs? I don't know. We'll see. I guess. Well, they're saying it's a six month injury. I bet he is shorter than that because the guy is young. He's yeah. healthy. Like, look at his size and stature. But he has a quicker recovery. Yeah. But even still, I mean, you're looking at. Not until probably February you even see him making even a, see him back somewhat of a return. Or, yeah, so so maybe he plays a month in 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 Stockton and then we'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean he you know, the great thing about last season was he was out, but when he came back into the playoffs, I was kind of I had a question mark. I was like, is he gonna be able to play? He's, yeah, he hasn't played NHL hockey for so long. Mm-hmm. He jumped right in and like he yeah, was no, he was good. He wasn't a problem at all. Yeah, he was no. immediately better. And you're than always Brody. concerned with the guy whose game is based around skating when he had like an ankle injury. You're like, oh shit, is he gonna be okay? And he, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he looked really good. Immediately, I thought he was better than Brody right away. <laughs> but that's the other thing concerning too. Two major injuries yeah. in back-to-back seasons. Being, what, 20? He's 20? Yeah, he's 20 years old. So so hopefully that trend does not continue. And hopefully it doesn't completely screw up his development as a player because that would be a real shame for a guy with so much potential. So, um, yeah, I think I hope he gets back and spends some time with the Heat before jumping back up, but we'll see. Yeah. And so let's say he does come back in the lineup. Now I think, I guess it depends how the season goes, but I'll, as of right now, I'd I'd say Brody's your seventh D-man. And then and then again, this is what we were talking about the other day. Maybe he's a good, you know, trade deadline candidate. Because you that's the best time you can get a return for anybody is the trade deadline. Now, we were saying the other day, okay, Brad Trillian's in cap trouble right now. He's up, backs up against the wall. He doesn't have a lot of room. And then he doesn't allow – even if he gets Chucky and Monge signed for what we're sitting at right now, which is 7.7 cap space – then he's got no ability to add during the season right now. But at the end of the season, you got Brody coming off the books. Who yeah, else? Hamnick Hamnick, is done. Froelich's done. done. I think Zarnik is done. But the problem I have with that is now you're 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 letting guys go without getting any potential return. Nothing. Yeah. So if you can even ship, I mean, the likelihood of him if we're if we're going into the playoffs, the likelihood of him. Trading away guys at deadlines, not very I can't, likely. I can't imagine him trading. If Brody's still on the team at that point, I cannot imagine any chance he trades him at the deadline. Can you like trade a guy who's like part of your defense? Court? It would make sense. Unless he struggled all year. Here's where I can see it makes sense. He struggles. Unless he loses his position. He's he's your sixth and seventh yeah. defenseman all year. And then you say, okay, you know what? Let's trade him. Let's yeah. get some assets back. And we'll get a little bit more depth defensively just for this playoff run or god forbid you're not in the playoff picture and you have to trade him and but that's another discussion yeah i think shillington's probably one value that comes back shillington depending on how he plays probably your seventh guy i don't know because like again it depends on what they're going to do with brody and hamannick moving forward because if shillington's going to be a core member of your defense moving forward and brody's gone next year i don't know if you want shillington sitting around not playing or if you want him in the ahl we'll see but i would say shillington if if yuso is in the lineup and Brody's on your team. You're probably starting the season. Geo Brody, Hannafin Hamannick, Yuso Ras. That's probably how you're starting. That's how they roll. That's what they rolled with most of last year. So well, what? Well, I mean, Tree Living wanted to get rid of Brody. Yeah, so I know. If but. that deal would have gone through, then it, it would have been Geo Rask, 
Hammer Hand, I think. Yeah, and Schilling's then, in Valmaki. Yeah, or Which maybe Valmaki. Still, still gives me a little bit of. I'd love to see Valmaki with Geo too. Yeah, no, I would too. I think that I think I think Valmaki is in line to be the the number one defenseman on this team in the next five years. Yeah, I think I think the number one pairing in two to three years is going to be Valmaki Anderson for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, where we jump to next? So, well, do you want to go through each guy or? Yeah, well, the report card. for the report card, because what we've been doing in the past is we go through all these categories and rank each individual player, but that might get a little boring because they're doing three across the board. So yeah. why don't we just rank who comes in first? Comes I just I went through everybody and I ranked yeah. one, two, three. Is it Rass? Is it Valimaki? Is it Shillington for is each of these Killington? categories? We thought about saying Killington the entire podcast just to get some flack from people, but... But we're going to respect the But we're going to respect the name. Respect. Okay, so first category is size and strength. And then I'll, I'll yell at what I got. You let me know what you... I'll yell at you. You yell, yell at me. I'm Just yelling at tell you. me. I need to hear it. All right, size and strength. I got Yuso Valimaki coming yep. at, at number one. But it's, it was tight between him and Rass. Obviously, Yuso is a bigger guy. He's got a bigger frame. I think once he fills out, he'll be just as strong as Rass. But I feel like Rats probably applies his strength more in a game. Yeah. But I think, I think if you're looking at, like, oh, who's a more physical player, you're probably looking at Rats Anderson. But I mean, in terms of size and strength, I'd give the advantage to Yuso. Yeah, because there is a physical play category we'll get to in yeah. a sec. So, yeah, Yuso coming at one close second Rats, and then Shillington, obviously. Yeah, he's a smaller guy. Yeah. All right, skating. I got Shillington. As the best skater. See, I don't know. I kind of maybe have Yuso a little higher than Shillington. I can see that. Like, Shillington is really quick and really speedy, but I think Yuso, I don't know. Yuso, Here's the thing. I rank them both right now to 4.0. Yeah, they're both, it's really similar. But as far as potential-wise, I think potential-wise, Yuso Valimaki, because of his size, mm-hmm. he caps out like a 4.4, yeah. where I gave Shillington the potential of a 4.5. Just again, he could be a lot like Fowler, which is yeah, like, and I think skates guys. Yeah, like I'm thinking of is like per- perceived, like projected, because what, uh, Shillington has been pro for like, what, four years now? Valimaki's only got like one pro season under his belt, and he's shown the ability to be a tremendous puck mover, tremendous skater. So I would give the advantage projected to to Yuso. Yeah, I, could t- I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, like to your point too, Yuso came in, multiple times throughout the season yeah, and had no trouble keeping up the play. No, no. And then right when he came back from his injury, he was, he looked like he hadn't even missed a beat. So, right. Well, I guess he, he, and he played some, he had some time. And that was like, that was playoff level hockey. Yeah. No, he jumped right into it. So yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. So. Okay. Shot slash scoring. My number one guy, Rasmus Anderson. You know what? I kind of agree, but I kind of am leaning to Shillington just a smidge. But I, I totally agree. But I mean, I think that I think the argument could be made for Shillington. I mean, Rasmus, we, we've seen again how much that point shot is used in today's game is not it's not used as it as it once was. But I mean, he's still you've still seen he can dude can hammer the puck. Um, Ras or Shill? Rasmus. Yeah. I think Shillington can shoot really well as well, but I mean... Yeah, Rass has a bomb. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at Rasmus's time on the power play, like, he's good on the power play. So, I, he can shoot the puck, he knows how to score goals, um, but I would say that Shillington does have an underrated shot and an underrated ability to score. Like, his goals this year are sick. They're like all one-timers from the high slot. Like, that one against Edmonton, I'm remembering, the one against Nashville, dude, dude has a good shot underrated shot for a smaller guy and I think he's really good at uh, he knows how to score so I'll give I'll give the slight edge to Rass but I don't want to leave my boy I don't want to leave my boy Oliver Shillington hanging there and just a recap this year Shillington had three goals in 38 games and Rasmus had two goals in 79 games oh yeah so he had, well he scored him by one goal but and, and Yuso had one in 24 games mm-hmm. so yeah I'll say I'll say Rasmus, but I mean, I think Shillington is is a pretty good offensive player. And I mean, Yuso, like Jesus, the kid put up point per game in the WHL and has shown the ability to score in Stockton as well. I just, I don't know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen enough of him at the NHL level and like how many, he didn't even have, he had one goal last year. So yeah. um, again, I think overall, if we're looking at projected, I think Yuso is going to be the best overall defense. And I know we'll get to that later, but um, in terms of right now, who's got the best shot and scoring ability? Probably Anderson, Shillington, Valimaki. Yeah. And that was pulling up these numbers. What was kind of interesting to me was seeing shit. Yuso 
point per game player in the WHL. He's putting up yeah, nineteen weird? nineteen goals and fourteen goals. Yeah, it's it was very surprising. I don't know why it was so surprising to me. I guess I don't pay enough attention to the draft, but yeah. Okay, puck handling. Oh, and just one of the puck handling. Um, yeah, so I'll give the advantage. I'll give the advantage to you, so for sure. For puck handling, puck handling. I got Shillington as my my top. Oh, really? Puck handler. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Rasmus is not bad either. I actually have Shillington one, and then it's a close second and third. But I got Ras second and Valamaki third. I got I got Valamaki just because like he's so smooth. He's like that typical puck moving defenseman that you that is so needed but i mean rasmus i i was looking at his all three zones comparison tool and again sometimes i don't know if this is appropriate or not but sometimes i'll use like entries and exits as kind of a metric to kind of like look at puck handling no that's a good way ras is really good at entering the zone like in in one of the higher percentiles so yeah i i don't i can't argue with that i think all three of them are a bit different yeah because i mean you look at shillington he just got the foot speed and the agility. Yeah, he's super agile. And that's what makes him good at puck handling. But then yeah. you got Rasmus Anderson. I think out of the three, he's the smartest defensively. So he's got he's got a bit of, he's got some dangles to him. Yeah. And then you got Val Mack, who's just got the size and he's got the mobility with the size, and that's what gets him into the areas. Yeah. I'll give it just to you so just because he is like that projected to be that great puck moving defenseman. But I too. Dude, I totally hear you on those two guys because they're great as well. All right, so I said... Isn't this weird to be debating three young guys who are like, they're all good? It's weird. It's awesome. It's awesome it's and exciting. Weird. It's Not great. only are we good now, but we're getting better every yeah, year. Exactly. We should be getting better every year. It's, it's we have excellent. a young core. Like, this is like your young defensive core right this, here. And again, this is the first time. And again, maybe this is why I shouldn't be so alarmist with all the shit that's gone on this summer. But it's like, for the first time probably since I've been a fan of the Calgary Flames... We have a young core for the foreseeable, what, five to six years? Yeah. We have a, a young core that's not named Johnny and Monty. Exactly. And who we've drafted and developed. Yeah. So it's just, it's pretty awesome. And, and it's then like, if you're throwing Hannafin in there, who's 21. Right. Like we have four defensemen under the age of 23. It's like by the time Geo actually deteriorates and is done, yeah. we're solid defensively. Totally. So, I mean, he's going to bridge that gap until we're like, we're already there. So I know I'm negative about Bradshaw living a lot, but this is, this is very good sign. Okay. Okay. To recap, I had Shillington one, Rass two, Valley three. What'd you have for Puck I Island? had Val Mackey one. Wow. I'll go Rasmus two and I'll go Shillington. Okay. So the it's, reverse. It's, clo- it's close. We it's flipped like, it reverse. It's like splitting hairs. They're all good and they're all different in their own yeah. ways. All right, physical play. I got Ras number one. Yeah. Uso number two. Schilling number three. I mean, that's not too debatable. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, offensive play. Again, I got Ras number one. I put Shillington number two, but I, you know, based on looking at more of the the whole career as a whole and the junior stats, mm-hmm. I gotta probably. I I said it was close between Shillington and Uso. I'm probably actually gonna change that. Give the edge to Uso. Ooh, this is a but tough I'm basing one. Basing it on what I saw last year. Yeah, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You. Yeah. Shit. That's a really hard. That's probably the hardest one. It's like so close because again, Rasmus. We the biggest sample size is from Rasmus. He's shown the ability to do it, but overall, like if you look back at the junior numbers, you know, Uso is a force offensively or could be. And I mean, we've seen it from Shillington in spurts. So yeah, I'll give. I'll go Uso. I'll go Uso one. You're going Uso one. I'll go Uso one. I'll go Rasmus two, and I'll go Shillington third. But again, from oh. what, from from what we've seen, Rasmus is is number one. But I mean, two three years down the road, I like I, it's hard to not see Valimaki being being that guy. Okay, I don't know. My favorite play from Valimaki last oh, year. Shit, yeah. Obviously, you probably have the same thing you're thinking of. The hit. The hit that led to James the, Neal goal. The James Neal Colorado yes. comeback goal. Yes. That was just like... That's got to be one of the goals of the year, man. That was like the juiciest moment. Yeah. It, oh, dude. Wasn't that great? That was amazing. We should have kept James What Neal. comeback did you like more? The Philly comeback or that one? That one was better. I think I... That one was better. I think the Philly one was probably better, but I enjoyed the I Colorado I enjoyed the Colorado one. one. And the fact that Neal scored, it was like at that time, you're like... Finally, and you thought he was gonna like take off, and after then that. he just sucked even worse. And he just sucked. So yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think Valimaki is going to be such a such a skilled player um, that I just I just project him to be the more offensive player. But I mean, but I mean, Rat like geez, Rass has been has been pretty solid as well. He only had two goals, but I mean, the one thing I saw that he actually had a lot of was shot assists. Yeah. So like lead passes that led to shot attempts. So I, I like that. He's, I don't know. I mean, we I gave you the goal totals. I gave you the assist totals. 
Yeah. Right. So last year, Ras had two goals, but he had 17 assists, 19 points in 79 games. Yeah. Shillington had three goals, five assists, eight points in 38 games. And Val Mackey, 24 games, one goal, two assists. Yeah. So I'll I'll project uh, I'll project Val Mackey to be the number one, and then at, in how many years? Because I think right two. now, especially given the setback in his development with the yeah. injury, it could be two, three years if he does catch up to Rasmus Anderson. Yeah, it could be. And by and that again, time, Rasmus Anderson... And again, if you listen to the point projection one, I actually have Ras having a nice breakout year. I think I had him at like definitely over 30 points. Because again, if he gets some time with Gio, he's shown he can play with Gio and be a good player with Gio and be a positive player on the ice. And if he gets some time on power play too, which I think of all the defensemen you're looking at, to make, I hope they go to the 1-3-1. I would love to see him as the defenseman on the second power play unit because I too. think he would be great there. You know what? You know what? we got a good team. Do we? We do. I hope we do. We got a good team. Could hockey just start already? Right? Come on. What's going to happen game one? We're probably going to lose the first game. We always lose the first game. Yeah, so. We're in Colorado. Yeah, we're going to lose. That's we, a, to me, that's a statement game. Okay, here, just as an aside, one of my other favorite games this year was the 2-1 early in the year overtime win against Colorado when Lindholm scored the tying goal. Yeah. With like a minute left, that's one of my favorite. And games Johnny of the won year. in overtime. Johnny won in overtime. That was great. My because my my favorite game of the year for sure was Santos. No, was the Oilers game one. Oh yeah, the first in the battle dome. of Alberta. That was good. You know what? I'll take that Colorado game as my favorite game of the year. The on the road Colorado victory in overtime because that was one of those games like. Again, being a fan of the team for so long, when you used to watch like even the Glenn Gulletson era, it's like the Flames absolutely dominated that game. They dominated, they dominated, and it was still one nothing Colorado. It was like, fuck, we're going to lose. But they didn't let up. They kept going, they kept going, they kept going, tied it, and went in in overtime. It was just so satisfying. So more yeah. of that this year, please. And, I mean, that was great. It set a precedent early on in the yes. year that, you know what, we're in the games. And you know what? We can come back. That was one of the characteristics and hallmarks of the season being so good. It was like, they because how many okay. times have we watched this team in the past, it's like they play good and, like, something bad happens, and then they're just like, they give up or whatever. It was night and day. It was unbelievable. Under Glenn Gulletson, if you're watching the game and you're down even one goal yeah, going to the done. third Going to the third period, like, okay, fuck. This is going to be so painful like, to watch. I watched every game this year. And again, even games that it was like, okay, I, we know, were down, I know they're going to lose. It's still enjoyable to watch because they were still playing their game. At least they made a game of it. Exactly. It's kind of the Stampeders. The Stampeders do that too. So, even if they're down, they always make a game of it. That's a theme I hope to see continue this year. Because again, like, watchability is a factor. I Well, oh, obviously. 100%. Like, again, when people are like, do you remember this? I'm like, fuck no. I stopped watching halfway through that Glenn Goldson year because it was so goddamn horrendous. Like, even games last year when they were down two or three goals going into the third yeah. period, you're like, we can come back. Yeah, and not even, again, it's weird because it's not even like, well, I hope we come back because it's like, I'm just curious to watch how they play. And it's like they played well, even if they would end up losing. It's like it's still, I wanted to watch them play. Let's get some hockey back. Yeah, baby. Come on. So after that Colorado comeback, they I went to a game. They played Chicago. It was a hockey night in Canada in the Dome. And they again, they were down going into the third. And I was like, I got zero worries. Yeah. I got zero concerns. I Actually, know. I'm kind of confident. Yeah. I think we have uh, Chicago right where we want them. Sure enough, come back, win. It's just, it's. I hope that trend continues this year. I hope that just wasn't like a luck thing. I hope that was a system thing and a player thing. And I think it was because, yeah. shit, man. I mean, the biggest thing about it, it's a mentality thing. I hope and so. And you got the, pretty much the same group coming back. They did it all last year. I don't see why they can't have success and come back. Let's go, well. baby. Let's do it. Okay. All right, what do we got next? Side note, one of my other favorite games is the Carolina in Carolina where all the... Oh, yeah. Where all... Of the ex Carolina players scored. What was that? I know, right? Lindholm did the storm surge. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, baby, that was a great. There were so many good games. So yeah. many good games. All right, defensive play. Defensive I got play. Uso number one. Yeah, I do have Ras number two with Sherrington number three, but it's close between those two. I agree. I agree. Uso for sure number one, and I agree. I think Ras could be in there. You know what? No, I don't think it's even close. I think Yuso is absolutely number one. Yeah. I think Ras is absolutely number two, and Shillington is absolutely number three. Okay. You do you have analytics there that you want to share? Or? Well, I didn't have a ton, but I mean, Ras is pretty good in his own zone last year. Like, I mean, wasn't he, wasn't spent, too bad. Spent, how many games did he play with Geo? Yeah. So he played like in in terms of minutes because you um, know he's playing against top top lines. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, like if you look at his regularized adjusted plus minus charts, he's actually quite good defensively. Rasmus, 
and he struggled a little bit in terms of create or in terms of creating goals, but he was actually quite good defensively. Um, and I mean, again, he played with Gio on that top pairing against some tough minutes. So um, he played last year five on five. He played 150 or no, I'm sorry. He played 156 minutes with Mark Giordano, which was the highest outside of anybody not named TJ Brody. So I mean, he held his own playing against top defenders. So I, he's 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 pretty good. Again, I'm just projecting Yuso to be the best. Yeah. So I think if again if you're ranking it right now, it's Rasmus number one just based on sample size and what we've seen alone. But I think in the future, Yuso is definitely going to be that guy. Yep. Okay. Hockey sense and competitiveness. Honestly, out of all these categories, these are my two favorite. I like the hockey sense one. Hockey is sense one. Hockey sense and competitiveness. He's Dude. a big boy. Like, did you hear that Pierre Maguire got demoted? By the way, that's my Pierre Maguire. Yes. <sighs> We're. Do we not have to listen to him at all this year? Well, he's never on the Canadian broadcasts. Yeah, but sometimes you need to watch. I think some of he's these. on the secondary NBC one. And I've always said this. Like again, I'm not. I try not. I really am critical of media guys, and I'm, I'm often a dick about it. But I try not to because I realize they're human beings. But I mean, like. He's so bad on the broadcast. If they even had him like in the intermission or like anywhere else, not in the broadcast, he'd be probably not as annoying. But it's just like so goddamn annoying when you're watching a sure. Penguins game on Sunday and it's like two two, and he's like, "Oh, but, 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 but he's born in 1986, and he oh, he come from Sault Ste. Marie, and his father went to his father went to high school with Jim Benning." It's like what the what? Anyways. Yeah, he's one of those guys that. He distracts you away from the enjoyment of the game. Yeah, it's, it's like Pierre. Why are you distracting me with this garbage information? It's that like I don't need to know? it's like you giving fun facts in the middle of a completely unrelated conversation. It's like, okay, so who do you think has the best hockey sense, Jordan? And you're like, fun fact about Rasmus Anderson, he was actually born with a mole on his chest. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Hockey for, sense. Sorry for all the asides today. Hockey sense. They're so close. I got all three of them coming in very, very close. Yeah. I do have Rass. Interesting. At number one, followed by Yuso, number two. And again, like I said, I think part of it, I'm pretty biased when it comes to the offensive side of the game because I yeah. played offense. But I got Rass number one, Yuso number two, Shillington number three. You know what? I'll be a bit of a contrarian. I will go, well, not contrarian. I'll go Yuso number one. I'll go Shillington number two, and I'll go Rass number three. Ooh. Just because, again, like I said, like my I th- boy Rass, that hurts. I think he's incredible. I think he's intelligent, but I don't know. I just see him sometimes. Like I, this is what I call TJ Brody syndrome. His decision making at times is just like a. And you know what? Okay, I'm gonna switch that because now that I'm thinking about it, I think Shillington is the third guy here because Shillington. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Shillington suffers from TJ Brody syndrome a little more. But I mean, like, you see him do the odd pinch, the odd bad pass. Shillington, I'm talking about. So yep. I'll go Yuso 1, Rasmus 2, and Shillington 3. But how much of that is just acclimatizing to the league? And being because young. It's, it's your first year. Yeah. Like, those, like, the, like, those guys look so good. And you know what? Again, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm projecting decision making more into this than like actual hockey sense. Okay. Because I think Shillington has a great feel for the game. I think he's got incredible vision. But it's just, I think he and Rask, their decision making, and again, that could just be their age and growing, again, like you said, growing into the game. But I think their decision making does often suffer the TJ Brody, like, uh, what do you call that? Just like a bad pinch here, a bad pass there, a couple poor decisions. But I both, I still think they both have great hockey sense. So again, I'll, I'm going to revise them again. I'm going to go Hockey Sense, I'm going to go Yuso 1, I'm going to go Shillington 2, and I'm going to go Ras 3. I'm you changed go back, it again. I'm going to go back to my original proposal. You just you can't stamp a double stamp. I can do whatever I want. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. I can stamp. do whatever I want. Okay, so moving on to competitiveness, last category. I got Ras number 1, Yuso number 2, Shillington number 3. Yeah, I don't know if I even have a ranking. I'll just Can I rank them all at the same? Sure. I'm going to do them all at the same. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we haven't seen a lot of these guys. Right? Yeah, we really haven't seen much of Yusuf Valmaki, which is kind and of surprising. Like, I mean, because again, like he's he's still really young, and he's only played he's only played one pro season, right? Yeah, so, and I think so. A point I wanted to make was something you said was something about is are these guys going to become dominant? Will Rats become dominant? Right. And I think they will, because if you look at even just following Johnny in his career, yeah, right. Because like even when they when Johnny Monty broke first broke onto the scene, I mean they were pretty outstanding from day one mm-hmm. especially together but now they're actually dominating the league like yep. they're in the upper echelon of the entire league totally and part of that is like 
there's a turnover, right? There's guys get older and now they're like at their peak. So I think you'll see the same thing with the, these three defensemen. Yeah. So I think especially Rass and Valimaki have the most I think, upside. Yeah, I think Rass and Valimaki, like Valimaki specifically, I think I don't see, unless an injury, these injuries really throw him off, I don't see any reason for him not to be a top, a legitimate top pairing guy. And I think Rasmus has shown that he could project to be that as well. Like two top pairing defensemen. So um, yeah, like I can't, I can see them both being like I can see them being the top two guys in the Flames decor for the next. Like I project them to be better players than Hannafin, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yep. I think Valimaki for sure, as long as he can recover from his injury, and if Rask continues to progress and show what he's shown already, I think absolutely there's no reason why these guys aren't the, the, the top pairing for the next five years on the on the Flames. So. Yeah, which is great because I mean two out of the three are. Second round picks. Yeah, no, totally. Again, keep your second round picks, please. Keep your first and second round picks. It makes a big difference. Competitiveness, did you want to push back at all? I got Rass number one, Yuso number two, Shill number three. Um, no. Well, you have that one. You you can take that one there, eh? Okay. Now, unfortunately, you wouldn't know your total, but I totaled up oh, well, all these points. Oh, are you special? Aren't I just... Can I have a cookie, please? Aren't you special? Can I have a cookie? So basically... If you rank number one out of the three, for each category, you got three points. Number two, two. Third place was one point. Yeah. So based on all my rankings, I got RAS number one. Mm-hmm. 23 points. Okay. Number one as of today, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, USO number two, 17 points. Shillington number three at 15 points. Yeah, I, and I And I think that's probably... It's based par for course. I mean, we saw the most from Rasmus Anderson last year. Yeah. We saw the most um, success from him as we an saw individual. Him in the hard, we, saw him, we saw him getting tougher competition, playing on the top pairing. Yeah. And he put together more of a season. I yeah. mean, out of the three guys, he, bar none, played the most. And again, he, they, all three of them have played relatively sheltered minutes. But Rasmus played the most. He played in some tougher situations, um, and he showed the ability to play again. Like he showed the ability to play against the other team's top players, albeit in a limited time frame. But pop still. quiz, pop quiz. To my point, pop how quiz. many games did Rasmus Anderson play last year? We already said it. Oh, he's got but now. But now that we're making this point, I could scroll up and find out. But don't I do I it. I want to guess. Take a guess. Yeah, he definitely played a full season. I can't. He might have missed a few games. I'm gonna say 70, oh, fuck. 78. 79. Oh, close enough. That's pretty much bang Which on. Which is kind of surprising, right? Because if you think about last season, it's like I'm I'm a little surprised he was there all season. And who played more, David Shillington or Val Mackey? David Shillington. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> okay, David Shillington is a guy I used to play midget with. Was it spelled with a K? No, it's spelled oh, yeah, normally. Yeah. It's spelled S-H. Um, I think Shillington played more because yeah, Val quite Mackey a bit. was hurt. Yeah. Shillington had 38 games. Val Mackey played... You 24. 24, yeah. Poor sure. guy. So, yeah, I think as of right now, Rasmus for sure is, is the number one guy. Um, but I think projecting down the road, I don't know if you had, had anything more on there. If no. You, if you little point totals. But I think projecting down the road, you're definitely, Yuso has the most upside, I think. Yeah. I think he legit is a projecting as a top pairing guy, and then Ras, and then Shillington. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you're still projecting, I still think that Ras could put up more num- better numbers. Better yeah, offensive numbers. He could. But as far as an all-around yeah. player in D-Mac. And just as a, as a little aside, like I'm just pulling up some comparisons between Rasmus Anderson and Thomas Chabot, drafted in the same year. Like, I mean, Rasmus is not too far off. Like, the only place he's lacking is in terms of offense, like shot contributions. But, I mean, in terms of his entry and exit defense, quite good. Like, better. Like, his entry defense, per 60 minutes, Rasmus Anderson ranks in the 90th percentile. In zone entry breakups for 60 minutes, Thomas Chabot, 36th percentile. Wow, that's, so, a, I mean, that's a huge difference. That's like Thomas Chabot is one of the like right, one of the best young defensemen in the game. And if you're looking at like an, a comparison like this, Rasmus is not too far off, right? So probably I, mean, I think we have a solid guy on our hands. I think so too. Incredibly I mean, solid. A big difference in that comparison is is, team, is gonna be the team they play on too. Yeah. But still, that's it's still, still an individual that's fantastic. It's an individual metric, but I mean your team around you helps. And I just want to do let's compare him to Orensky real quick, why don't we? Let's just plug that in. Okay. While you're doing that, I brought up uh, the top strength for each guy, breaking down their game. Uh, now that we're on RAS, top strength, smart, knows how to use his God-given ability to play God-given? <laughs> well, the, the reason why I said God-given ability is because... And on the eighth day, God created Rasmus fucking Anderson, baby! <laughs> his God-given talent and ability. I mean, 
he's not overly fast. He's not overly strong. He's a combination of everything, but he's just smart. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's do this player comparison. Okay, here. so Wierenski's quite good. But, I mean, again, like, look at the, some of the stats, right? Like, I mean, he's still good. He's comparable in terms of zone entries. Again, Wierenski has way more games tracked, so his is going to be more accurate. But he's, again, like, Rasmus is a really good player, and the underlying numbers suggest that he's doing better than even I would have expected. So. Yeah, so his, his weakest points there when you're comparing him to Wierenski is what, shots? Yeah, just, like, shot shot contributions. Um, okay. And, I mean, Wierenski's... Wierenski's a great well, skater. I mean, if you, if you think about beast, but if you think about a shot from the point yeah. across the league, I mean, Wierenski's giving me your top three or five. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just using it to point out, A, Anderson, I think, is underrated as a prospect, and B, don't trade away your picks, Brad. All okay. Right. What would you say Rasmussen's biggest strength is? Biggest strength. You didn't like my God-given ability. No, so. I liked it. It was, oh, just, okay. it was out of left field. I was just like, <gasps> I was just like, what? Yeah, I think he is... I think he's an offensively gifted player, um, and I think I think he I think his strength is that he's two he's a two way defenseman. Yeah. Um, I think he I kind of feel like he has a great shot, good a good slap shot at least. Yeah, like he's good at creating offenses. He's no, and he's like again, and you kind of see this. Um, like he's one of those guys. Doing? If you compare him to TJ Brody, he can get a slap shot off with like very little wind up. Like again, when you look at a guy like I'm just thinking of comparables and like when you look at a guy like Noah Hannafin, who is like okay, all of his metrics suggest that he is a good like he's a volume shooter. He's good at creating offense, but then he really struggles in his own zone. It's kind of like Rass is good at creating is, is okay at creating offense, but also doesn't struggle as much as his own zone. So I think his biggest strength is that he's an offensively active defenseman who is also really solid in his own zone. Yeah. I see him. He's, he's good at getting that shot through from the yep. blue line. That's why I want to see him on the power play. To me, that's my biggest comparable with him and Brody. Yeah. Brody is like into the shin pads every time or it's like to the other team whereas Rass, he's got a knack. He's his wind up short. He doesn't have to fucking wind up to his neck where Plus Brody needs to bring it up. <laughs> Sorry, Brody. You and TJ. TJ, if you're listening, I still believe in you. Brody, you're my comparable to everything bad. I still believe in you, Brody. Okay, biggest area of improvement for Rass. I would say, probably I don't know because he's an, actually an okay skater. I would say just what the fuck is that? That's some Canadian geese. geese. Oh, oh my god! That means winter's around the corner. They're leaving. Uh, They're leaving. I would say just all around decision making for Rass. I don't know. Just again, sometimes you just gotta make. He's, again, he's young, so I just think all around decision making for Rasmus. Okay. I, I did go to the skating thing. I went with speed yeah. and his ability to keep up and drive play. And I think that's just an area to improve. It's not like a weakness. It's no, a, no, for sure. If he can if he can make sure he's on top of the game yeah. instead of reacting to it, and he can actually use that to his advantage and drive some of the play, then, man, he's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, and I, I'm just like, when I see his, when I say decision making, again, it's just kind of like, uh, he's young. He just occasionally, in the, the pass, the wrong, a bad pass, the wrong pinch. Um, but I mean, he did, he did a great job last year, I think. So, I mean, like, I think moving forward, we will see what happens, but I mean, everything's suggesting that he could really carry, not carry, but be a part of a top pairing. So. All right. Um, Shillington, biggest strength. Shillington. I mean, dude, he's a fun player to watch. He's probably the funnest to watch of the three, isn't he? No. He's dynamic as fuck. You Ra- don't think so? Ras- I, I'm, I, I love Rasmus. No, so I, do I. He was my favorite. Come on. But I'm just saying, in terms of like when you're watching, like maybe it's just because I watched his goal yesterday, but like he's a fun player to watch because he's incredibly fast. He's very dynamic. He's got an underrated shot. He moves the puck well. So, I mean... Yeah, I, I like watching Oliver Shillington play. So what is, what was the question? Biggest strength. <laughs> Biggest strength? I think he is he's a great skater and he moves the puck well. Yeah. I got the same thing. I said speed and ability. And what I mean by ability, I mean he's able to carry the puck with speed. Yeah, for sure. Um, Area improvement for uh, Shillington? For Shillington, I mean, I think similar, with like I said, with Rass, his, his decision making. I mean, his, his shot suppression metrics were not great. Um, last year, so he could clean it up in his own zen- own end a little bit. Um, but I mean, it wasn't too bad. I think I think it's kind of interesting with him. Like, I, not often do you say he could improve his offense, but I mean, for a guy who's got such good vision and can move the puck well and is is quite fast, I'm I'm surprised he doesn't get more more point put up more points. Well, I guess, I guess he had eight points last year. That's but I mean, again, he's he's been pro since 2015. So yeah. 
But, I mean, look at those seasons. They're not that overly yeah, long. Yeah, I guess. And he's really only played a half season in the NHL, so... Yeah. Um, he's got upside for sure. He's definitely got upside, but I just want to see... I want to see a little more. And this is where I think it's cool, because I'm when I do these player profiles, I don't look at any analytics. I yeah. just go based on what I watched. Yeah. And I love how you bring in the analytics, because a lot of times they corroborate each other. I want to see him get some more... I want to see him shoot the puck a little more. I want to see him get some more shot attempts, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. So, for area improvement, I just said... Uh, he's a, our size and ability to play against bigger players in his own end. Yeah. Like, don't let that be a detriment. Totally. He's got to be able to use the quickness that he has in order yeah. to get, get his body in front of guys, use that to his advantage, and his smarts too. But he's definitely a smaller guy. Yeah. And so if you're playing up against a guy like Jack Eichel, you can't let Jack Eichel's size beat you. Yeah. Ryan Getzlaff, same thing. So to what me, is, that's where he's got to watch out for. What is with Jack Eichel anyways? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Like, whenever I think of, like, superstars in the league, I legitimately always forget he even plays. That guy, he... Maybe it's just because he plays unreal against us, but, man, he is good. Yeah, he's good. Like, what is with Buffalo, though? They're so weird. I don't get right? it. Right? It's like, it doesn't matter what sports team it is. They just can't make it work. Yeah, it's weird. I don't okay, get it. biggest strength for Valimaki? Valimaki, well, I mean, it's... You kind of covered it. It's but. hard not to say he's skating. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a smart player. Yeah. So he's got incredible. He moves the puck so well. He's got great vision. Um, I mean, again, like I don't, I don't think he's a. You know what? I'll say puck handling. He's a great puck handler. All right. I've got size plus speed slash skating. Yeah, and, he and uses the his puck. size effectively. That's right? the thing. His size isn't a, isn't a detriment. Like yeah, someone no, totally. like where you think of Lucic could be. Yeah. Um, his size is a benefit to his play. And again, he's not huge, but he's six two two. What is he? Six two two oh five. He's a big guy, and for being a six two two twelve, a big guy who moves the puck that well, utilizes his his body that well. I yeah. mean, with the smarts to go along with it. Yeah. So I think he he's the prototypical defenseman in the in today's NHL. He's a super agile, mobile puck moving defenseman. So. Area, biggest area of improvement for for Valimaki. Um, I mean, again, we only see him play in the NHL for twenty four games. Um, so and hopefully this injury. I don't know. Is it area for improvement? Like, could you even say like uh, don't be a durability? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it could for sure. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, he just injured himself training, so yeah, I don't know like, that. I, I, how you... <laughs> in the AHL, it's hard to say. Oh, he needs to improve on this because he's been so good down there. Um, but I mean, in the NHL, I don't really have a lot because twenty four games really limited minutes. Yeah. I mean, I mean. What, what would you say? Well, based on what I watched last year, I would say biggest area to improve is users his size to create more offense. Okay, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. Because, again, he only had one goal. So, I mean, for get, being a guy who, yeah, no, I agree with that. Again, it's kind of weird when you think about defensemen improving. It's like you kind of often overlook the offensive aspect of it. But, I mean, yeah, I think he only had one goal last year. Come on, you so get some more shots, get some, get some more going there. But I hopefully, I'm really hopeful that he's his – his injury thing doesn't fuck him up. Okay, I'm going to do a quick synopsis on each guy, just one sentence, and then we're going to jump into some fun facts. Fun and, facts. Hopefully then, they're fun this time. And then any other um, analytic things or anything else you want to chime in. So, but for Valimaki, point per game, point per game player in junior. Yep. Fantastic. Great size, skating, puck moving ability. I think he's the bright spot in your defensive. He projected, and even overall, I think future. he's still our number one prospect, right? Like uh, yeah. We, we didn't uh-huh. make the Mark Stone trade because he was the ask. So out of, because we just did Dylan Dubé and Manji Pani. If you're looking at these five prospects, yeah. how would you rank them in order of top prospects? Yeah, you including the forwards. I'll go Valimaki one. Yeah. I will go Dubé two. I will go... Anderson three, I'll go Manjipani four, I'll go Shillington five. Okay, I did the exact same thing, but Ooh. for for An- for Anderson and Manjipani, I got them like neck and neck. Okay, they're like almost tied at three yep. for, for me. So I think the slight edge to Anderson. Yeah, and I think if I think you maybe I think again you probably don't include Manjipani in that if you're looking at prospects, but if you're just if you're just ranking those guys in terms of what kind of players they're going to be, that's what I do. I okay. go Valimaki, Dubé, Anderson, Manjipani, Shillington. Yep. Synopsis on Anderson, a lot of offenses, offensive upside. Yeah. Ability to play, play physical. Totally. I mean, he's solid. He's been solid in his own end so far, so he can keep that up. He's been solid, and he, again, he's the only guy who has shown, not that anybody else has really had a chance to play on the top pairing, but he's the only guy who has been there and shown the ability to um, be competitive there and keep his head above water on the top pairing against the other team's best players. Okay. And then for Shillington, amazing skating and puck handling ability. Again, he reminds me of Fowler, dude. 
And I'll have I to have watch some Cam Fowler, but you watch some Cam Fowler skating highlights, guys. Like skating beast. Cam Fowler, that's the boringest name ever. He sounds like a guy from Edmonton. Well, I mean Fowl, he's on the Ducks. Kind of makes sense. I guess so. So if that can if that can translate into offense for Shillington, he has a lot of upside and as long as he can play against size and skill in his own end, he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and he's yeah. I could see him have I could see him being like an underrated breakout candidate this year. Rass is my guy like offensively. I could see Shillington like putting up some numbers this year out of the blue. Not out of the blue for us, but I mean just like How many games do you think he'll play this year? Shillington. Well, dude, at this point it looks like he's I think you pencil him in for a full season. Yep. Um cuz yeah, I was right now I think he's your he's he's your fifth slash sixth defenseman. Yeah, cuz like again, you have Brandon Davidson as your seventh defenseman as of now. I can maybe see that changing. I sure should hope they don't sign Andrew McDonald off that PTO, but I think I think if all goes if if all goes according to plan, well, according to the plan where Uso is hurt, I think shit, there's no reason Shillington doesn't play a full season. Okay. And I think he can because he's again he's been in the he's been he's been playing pro for four years. So. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up some fun facts. Get to know your players. So I'm gonna start with Rask because he's got the funnest one. All right, is it fun for real? You've well, you, you tell this? me. You okay, tell go, me. go. You're gonna be my fun. All right, my fun factor. So far, you're on a you're on a bad streak here. <laughs> The only reason no, I separated the Lucic one out. I, I gave, still it was just like a curveball. I gave the disease fact later on. <laughs> I gave people a warning. Okay, so fun fact: Rasmus Rasmus's older brother Cali and his father Peter were both drafted by the New York Rangers. Interesting. In 2012 and 1983, respectively. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. What happened to his brother? He's not playing, I guess. Don't know. I didn't go that deep. <laughs> Okay, what's the so that 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 passed your fun that test. passes the test. Okay, okay, good. All right, the other thing I got maybe not so fun, but Anderson left Sweden, followed in his family's footsteps in North America. Um, played with Barry Colts with Mangiapane, which is kind of interesting. Again, I don't know why I live in this weird bubble where it's like I think all these guys because again they're two Swedes and a, and a Finnish guy. I'm like, oh, they must have played overseas, but it's like they all played in the CHL or the WHL. So didn't he? Well, he played in the AHL. Oh, yeah. Shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. But, but I mean, okay, again, that, would, I that, never would have thought Yuso would have played in Tri-City for three years. I was like, yeah. oh, he played in some Finnish league. No, I agree. Is that fun? Knowing that Ras played with, with Manji Manji, That's really for two fun. Because okay. I know that was the question we asked. It was okay. like, because they both played in Barry. We didn't know if they were at the same time. So, two, so far, I'm two for two, baby. Okay. Next, Shilling thing. <laughs> so... Schilling is I don't know. I see it is. written down here. I don't know if that's Etrian fun. Etrian descent. His mother. His this mother, is not fun at all. What are you doing? His mother fled a civil war oh in Erythia. Real fun. When she was a teenager, oh found God. refuge in Sweden. His parents met in Stockholm. Real fun. Fun time, Jordan. So that did not pass your fun. I, that's gonna get a no pass for me. That's not fun. No, that's not. What very about fun. his parents? His, mo- his parents. His mother fleeing a civil. war. <laughs> not doesn't qualify as fun. Okay, how about interesting facts? Interesting. That's okay. And his and his parents met in Stockholm. Sure. It's kind of like we live in this world. We're in Canada. We grow up and it's like you know, no wars. No I know, things. right? Like, like we've kind of forget. It's so foreign to us. Yeah. So when you see a story like that, we're just like, okay, his mom. I agree. Fled from war, civil war. It's like holy shit, so had to leave to survive. Well, dude, there's like I heard this somewhere the other day. It's like. There's no war. Is this? This might not be true, but I heard it somewhere. It's like there is either like no wars in the in the Western Hemisphere, or like so few. It's like the fewest amount of conflict in the Western Hemisphere in all of history. Right. Right now, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Interesting. All right. The other one I already so touched be on. grateful. The other one I already touched on it, uh, but he made his SHL, the Swedish Hockey League, debut as a 16 year old. Crazy. Can you the imagine? Guy, the guy was playing pro. At 16. He was playing pro. When I was 16, I definitely was not playing pro hockey. I won't tell you what I was doing, but it wasn't that. I got an idea what you were doing. So was that interesting or fun? Okay, it was a mix. I'll go three out of four fun, one interesting. Okay, so (laughs) fun-tristing. Okay, on to, to, uh, where is he? Valimaki. Okay, we're going to wrap it up with Valimaki. Anything you want to add after? No, I mean, I'm just really stoked that we have these three guys in our... In our, I mean, they're not even in our system, right? That's what's so exciting is that they're like we've seen what they can do. Most of them, we've seen a full season of Rasmus, so good, not so good, but he's solid. 
We've seen half a season of Shillington. He showed a ton of promise. We've seen 24 games of Valimaki. I mean, he's our number one prospect. I really hope these injuries don't derail his development, but I mean, it's really encouraging. And then you throw Hannafin into that when you have four super young defensemen who are showing such promise, who can like lead, be the core of your team for the next few years. That is a real bright spot for the and, and don't forget about throwing a, a Norris Trophy winning And no shit, defenseman. we have the Norris Trophy winning, age-defying, all-god- Young and fresh Mark Giordano. So, yeah, that's encouraging. Like, if Brody is your sixth defenseman, how good's your defense? Your defense is great. Because, I mean, he's still a top four D-man. Oh, he is? Is he? No, I meant bottom four D-man. Got you. Finally got him to admit it. No, no, no. He's not top four. He's bottom four. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think that's maybe what's kind of bumming me out is, like, we were supposed to be heading into the season with a surplus on defense so we could add to the top six. But, I mean, again, I'm happy with a surplus on defense. Well, we can reload... And try it all again next year. Reload, baby. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Let's just hope that us hanging, like the Codger deal going south, was good for was us. Was good because now Valimaki's done. You never yeah. know. You never know. So Valimaki, he's not very interesting. I mean, he just was a selected 14th overall. Dude, these, fin- these Finns are pretty, pretty boring, eh? Yes, it's well, like Timo from Finland. Timo was finished, was he? Timo was fun. He was but a, I mean, he think was a about, stud. Think about the the the. Liney's Liney's interesting. Liney is fucking. Her- he's terrifying. Dude is like. I will kill your whole family. <laughs> Looks well, like a James Bond the, villain. Honestly, the first time I ever saw him was when they were talking to him before the. Yes, draft. and he, yeah, he was laying on his bunk bed in pajamas. <laughs> National with, television with, the, with, the, with his phone like this far from his face, sideways. Like, Jesus Lord, that guy's that guy's a psycho. I think. You think so, eh? Dude, he's got some scary tendencies. All right. The only fact, fun fact for Val Mackey is a, like you said, he was drafted 14th overall um, by the Tri-City Americans in the CHL draft. Okay, there's what the Seattle... That's kind of interesting. There's what the Seattle team should be called, American. That's a cool name. No. That's cool. Seattle, how do you going to... That's going to be red, white, and blue. That's not going to tie into Seattle colors. Yeah, well, I don't know what colors they're going to do. They better be going... See, that's why Vancouver needs to go back to the black... Gold and red colors, so Seattle can do green and blue, but whatever. Okay, so the fun part about this fact, he went 14th overall in the CHL draft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it? And he went 16th overall in the NHL draft. So similar? Yeah. I mean, cool. it would have been cooler if it's it was fun, if it was 14 okay. or 14. That's the best I could dig up. I'm sorry. Okay. So who do you have projected as your 1, 2, 3? Because I know I've got Valimaki, Anderson, Shillington. You're the same? You So at career-wise? Career-wise. Um. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I don't. I like your. I get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree. But just to be different, I'm gonna go Rass number one, Valmacki number two, and maybe injuries play a factor into yep. that. And then Shillington number three. I like it. I like it, man. We got some good defense. We got some good defense. And don't trade away your draft picks, Brad. Don't trade them.